shakalaka it's a beautiful day as i always say i'm your personal happiness coach clint vergis and it's my vision to make this world a sustainably happier place and aligned with that vision we are on a mission to help you live a happy and motivated life On that note, I'd like to welcome you all to another funky episode of the Engage and Inspire podcast where we bring together some of the finest achievers in their own respective genres of work and uh, they're going to share with us on what it takes to rise, shine and celebrate a little more every day. And joining us today is a man who needs no introduction. Yes, a young boy uh, who got himself completely funded to travel up to the highest peak of planet Earth. Yes, I'm talking about Mount Everest and uh, Joining us today is Everest Harshvardhan Joshi. Let me remind you that the video version of the podcast is available on YouTube. Go to Coach Clint's YouTube channel, and you're going to get all the action there. Kavulda Harshba, how are you doing, bro? I'm super fine. Looking forward to our conversation today. Fantastic. You know, I have to say this. Uh, what an amazing day it has been. Uh, this is the second time we're shooting the podcast. <laughs> For the ones who don't know, uh, we shot a round one, and apparently the audio of that podcast wasn't like you know it was just a little. uh feels amazing to have you here what i was saying is by the time this uh this podcast airs we will have seen your tedx video on youtube where harshvardhan joshi talks about talks about climbing everest and what made me successful in climbing everest among other adversities in life wow and i have to for all the viewers listeners that are listening to us or watching us right now must know that uh, harsh battled not just all the other challenges of climbing everest but also you battled covid a few weeks before you were on the summit how many days exactly 11 days 11 days before you climbed you peaked you were at the peak of the highest peak on planet earth you were tested positive for uh, covid yeah oh my god so dude man tell me about tell me about what made you still you know do everest How harsh conquered Mount Everest? Great, great mm. passion and perseverance to be successful. Wow, fantastic man! So, how did it all happen, dude? Like, cause you have to tell me about this. You've you've been quite a rock rock and roller <laughs> uh, in your early college life, and uh, from that to getting hyper fitness, and now like you know doing something as crazy as Everest. Where you know first and foremost, like where does what drives you to do that? uh and over the period of time how the transition has come across for you so i like to keep setting goals in life which are not just monetary mm. like they might be expensive like climbing everest mm-hmm. but you cannot just throw money and buy it yeah. there needs to be more struggle with which comes a greater journey mm. but again many people who meet me today mm. think i was always an athletic kid or an outdoorsing guy Whereas till the time I turned eighteen, I never ran over hundred meters in my entire life. Oh my God! Wow. So from I mean, so your fitness journey conversation begins from your age of eighteen plus. Yeah, More when I started cycling to beaches uh, just to enjoy the view, or sometimes drink beer with my friends, <laughs> and I didn't even have a cycle. I would lend it from other people. because uh, as you know like we all come from very humble background so we never knew the value of fitness sports or how it can add to it for most of our lives we believed that it was not even an extracurricular activity because we don't know what's extracurricular activity we just thought it's a time pass or time waste yeah. for entertainment mm. wow so such a 
such a valid point because also thinking about it if you look at you know if you're not from a very privileged class family right so having access to a lot of technological gears especially when we were growing up the 90s kids was uh, was not that accessible to have like a video game or like you know whatever other kind like i remember my dad telling if you want to have fun if you want to play then you go out and play you don't play at home and play games times have changed today i mean gaming is a very big industry it it has like its own you know monetization uh, opportunities and also a league of its own in terms of and and we are seeing the whole gaming boom that's about to hit india it's it's very big in the west you have counter strike champions <laughs> you have like you know uh, gaming champions and stuff like that uh so i mean just just putting it across i feel uh, outdoor activities was always part of like if you're from a uh, average uh, average middle class sort of a family if you're a 90s kid but it was not given a purpose of as a fitness part of it right like there yeah. was no fitness given so but actually sorry to interrupt but for me it was opposite when i wanted to go outside and play football or get into any athletics my parents would tell me why do you want to run under the sun mm-hmm. i was i was the geek so i was playing video games i would oh. get the first rank in every unit test or semester and wow. get that 130 rupee pirated cd for my playstation <laughs> like i would work hard for 2 years so that i can get a second hand or third hand playstation wow. and then i would get the first rank so that i can play video games and oh, i never nice, got to go outside but i don't blame our previous generation for it because since they came from nothing yeah the only way to aim for a better life seemed academics getting into science technology and engineering blah 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 yeah yeah so and and so true right because i remember when i was growing up my parents had just two i mean there was two straight laser focused conversation coming in mom said when you grow up make sure you have a job where you get a lot of respect that said respect is amazing you got to also make sure that you make enough money because you're going to be the man of the family and you know especially if you're in the 90s you know the way the society thought around was way different as compared to how it is today and uh, you know the fact that uh, i was told that money and respect these are the two important things that you got to have from a job that you get and back in the day it's understood that being a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer or getting a government job was was more like it to be mm. Uh, achieving those two gold standards yeah. right think times have changed and maybe it's a little difficult to make our older generation understand exactly how just putting a like a picture of your food you eat or the selfie that you get in your new clothes is a way of actually achieving respect and making money out of it as well and uh, and i think it's about to change with the next generation also come right we are going to be a, there'll be a point when we will be 60 year olds uh, and uh, there'll be the new 18 year olds talking about something which might sound alienic to us but i think so, that's the gradual so progression so 5 right? years ago or 4 years ago my mom told me why don't you become a youtuber i was backpacking in the himalayas <laughs> and looking at my story she was like you should become a youtuber and i was like no mom it's wow. it's not my thing and it's not so easy so my parents never uh, suggested me anything or pushed me for anything because they themselves were not sure mm. but they gave me the freedom and they just suggested me to be independent to study to mm. have that stability but uh, wow. they were so so simple that they didn't say much because they thought that i can figure out myself and mm. uh, it was all a learning process throughout and i'm looking forward to the future because i'm still learning you know listening to you just kind of gives me a feeling that your parents are were very modern 
to be a 90s parent, <laughs> right? Like giving video games and access to video games, <laughs> uh, play and like, you know, get your, get your brain cap- uh, used to like those intense challenges during <laughs> these gamings. I truly believe that there's so much to learn as a gamer. You know, mm. I don't, I don't at all think or feel or believe that playing video games or like in today's times, whatever highest level of techno- technology that we have access to in terms of gaming is of no use. It's only entertainment driven. It it does your, you know, it builds a lot of your emotional memories, muscle memories, mm. and it does help you become a smarter person for sure. Uh, I don't know how uh, st- stronger a person or a fitter a person, that's a different debate to get into. Uh, but but just thinking of it, as you said, right? Like <laughs> they were, uh, r- you know, no, full pro. No, yeah. Your mom is asking you to become a YouTuber. That Come is on, today, like, but back then it was just a bribe for me getting the first rank in school. And like Whatever I floats said, the boat, yeah. kind of. <laughs> so like, although even though they couldn't afford it, they would do it so that mm. I do the academics right. So wow. it was more of that way, but whatever served the purpose, it made me a techie. And You're it, an IT engineer? Yeah. <laughs> Most people don't know that, but yeah, I am an engineer. Like even today people ask me, okay, what do you do? I, I just tell them I'm just another engineer. Just another engineer. Look at that. Like in a country like <laughs> India, it, it just sounds like I'm just another engineer because we've got an amazing talent pool of engineers out there. That's so true. For somebody who's listening to this in Europe or in like maybe uh, Australia or like, you know, for them, they'll be like, what? Just another engineer? a big deal <laughs> uh, fantastic but but you know uh, first and foremost again you know after all this conversation congratulations on being one of the only five six thousand people if i'm not wrong uh, to have ever scaled uh, mount everest to to have reached the summit is that how do you what is the right term how do you put it across to have ever s- summited mount everest is yeah. that is that what you say mm. so uh, congratulations uh, it, it takes a lot of superhuman level discipline people think it's all a motivation game you get you got if you get you know you get motivated watching a motivational speakers video on watching a jay shetty video or a tony <laughs> robbins video on youtube or instagram but the whole game is about keeping it sustainable you know i mean keeping it consistent all day every day everywhere so what did i mean what were your preparations to get into this mode? preparations before conquering the everest so first of all i'll begin with is that motivation is the not is not the right thing to depend on mm. because mo- people think oh i am not motivated to do something or mm. i am not motivated today and that's when they give up but actually discipline consistency mm. are the things which make you successful yeah. motivational uh, things are like very shallow and Mm. very occasional you cannot count on them Mm. and people have the wrong impression about being motivated Mm. Uh, even Usain Bolt or anyone else Mm. they are not like pumped every day but they are motivated for their long-term goal they Mm. know I I need to do this like for example I worked hard and made all the sacrifices because I knew I have to do this otherwise I can die up there so I have to prepare well because my life is dependent on it a huge sum of money and many other preps are dependent on it and obviously i want to enjoy my climb increase the probability of success because still most of the mountaineering endeavors are like very unpredictable Mm. Uh, the success ratio is less than 50 percent in most of the big mountains so i wanted to give my best shot and 
I started with doing some mountaineering courses. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of expeditions to bring those skills to use which I learned during those. I spent a lot of time volunteering, getting hands-on experience because that made me efficient. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was about it. After that I followed a scientific structured training plan for 2 years before going there mm-hmm. so that uh, I'm the best at my game. perfect man i think you know uh, very well put together in how you've prepared in that sense and and a lot of it is the emotional and the mental preparation that we put into play cuz no matter how good you are like on a bad day sachin tendulkar also gets out on a duck or let's say for today's <laughs> reference like virat kohli also gets out on a duck <laughs> or cristiano ronaldo also misses his uh, sh- you know shot so it's it's all the game of how do you keep it consistent so mm-hmm. what is the key what is your mantra how do you keep it consistent find a goal which drives you and then give it all in like don't give up follow it all the way through and when you find your own everest mm. it might be running a marathon starting a business getting that degree or anything mm. uh you will eventually put in the work mm. so how do you how do you like how do you face uh, failures like how do you how do you rise above failures how to rise above failures obviously we all temporarily feel down at that time mm. but you cannot succeed without failure failure mm. is the first step to success mm. so failure teaches you a lot and uh, if you don't fail means you haven't even tried so mm, that's, uh, that's such a like, valid point because as you said uh failure you know we all go through that phase and it's for us to realize and remember every time that it's just going to be a phase you're going to come out of it you got to have that sort of a belief that there is light at the end of the tunnel and only then will you drive down you know to yeah. that darkness right through the darkness rather and uh like what are some some like tell us some things that we can do for all our listeners for all our viewers what to, what should we do on a day when we don't want to do it? whatever we are supposed to do be it you know waking up in the morning or going out for a run uh, hitting the gym doing some strength training or picking up that phone and making call to someone who you've been wanting to call for many days wanting to court you know to to all the things that we've been wanting to do how do we do that like what is do you have a mantra how do you how do you do that it also depends on the purpose like you mentioned mm-hmm. five six different tasks mm-hmm. so I usually think that okay what's the harm in doing it but if I don't do it you usually in life especially when you grow old you regret the things which you didn't do you never regret something okay I made this mistake or what I did usually you don't even think about those stuff but if you don't do something you really regret so I also yeah, skip a lot of stuff like for example if if I skip if I skip a run some day then i'll i'll be in guilt of the entire day you mm. shouldn't be that way but mm. i am i'm that disciplined in some stuff that uh, for me it has become a routine so mm. uh, people don't enjoy it at the start a lot of activities but they need to understand that first you need to give at least a few months into something mm. before enjoying that whether it is playing guitar or becoming a runner mm. or anything they say hey i don't like it but they are not liking it because they are not good at it and they are not good at it because they haven't invested they mm. haven't been through the journey yeah oh wow man such a uh, such a strong thought in that sense and quite sim- simplified and and put it uh, uh, so much 
so tell us about you know the whole fundraising program you did man like what was the process uh, and because the whole idea was not just to be physically emotionally mentally fit but also financially be able to take care of the expense uh, it's it's an expensive affair to hit uh, everest so take us through some of those uh, jams how harsh raised funds to scale mount everest yes so for those who don't know it takes like at least at least 40 50000 dollars to climb everest and wow. much more to prepare for the same and a lot of other stuff around it so my total expense for my campaign was around 70000 oh, dollars wow. uh, and it's almost like 50 lakh indian yes rupees. yes and even Ooh. for people from developed nations yeah. it is a substantial amount yeah. so you can imagine coming from a developing country like india that mm. to from a very uh, like lower middle class family a very simple background it is a far fetched goal mm. uh, but then with that came a greater journey i was going to go for an mba after my engineering and i had to take an education loan for the same that's when i decided that rather i'll finish my this long term dream first and during that i would learn much more than i would learn during an mba course mm. so i created this campaign named sanghash uh, Sangash is a Sanskrit and Hindi word which means struggle or conquest and this was the story of Harsh's Sangash to reach from 0 feet above the sea level near Mumbai to the highest point on a 29000 29 feet now 29035 feet so oh, it just keeps increasing is it yes yes it is growing is it like some inch of feet or something that it grows yeah, per year yeah around like 6 to 12 centimeters every oh, year a feet is too much yes. feet is what 15 inches 12 inches Yeah, twelve inches. inches. Yeah. yeah, so mm. uh, it is growing, and I created this crowdfunding campaign. Being an engineer uh, and being a marketer, I I created that campaign around this. Uh, I crowdfunded. I wrote a thousand emails to possible sponsors. Ten mm. of them got back to me. One of them set up a call. So one is to one thousand is the ratio you are fighting against. uh but yeah it it is fun the learning experience with all of this is phenomenal you know that that kind of very clearly shows you're an it engineer by prof- uh, by your degree academic uh, proficiency you are a adventurer at heart and that shows <laughs> the fact that you you've just scaled everest when especially when you were down with covid more importantly just in between that phase the fact that uh, you're also an amazing marketer क्योंकि जर्नी I I don't know if I am good but yeah I no. I I kept <laughs> doing it and somehow things worked out for me maybe I could be much more efficient but yeah <laughs> I I am uh, way way wiser than I was 1 year ago and 1 year ago I was way wiser than I was 3 yeah. years ago yeah. so yeah. yeah it's it's an ongoing journey and now I am looking forward to market other stuff and especially do some things which i am compassionate about tell us about uh, how traveling has helped you evolve as a person how has traveling helped you evolve as a person traveling is the best teacher so obviously it gave me a lot of 
perspectives which I would never get growing up in Mumbai metropolitan region. You realize how privileged you are, how civilized you are, coming from this cosmopolitan city. And but then you also understand the simplicity of everywhere else, mm-hmm. and you become much more smarter, like street smart in a way, mm. while backpacking, especially in a country like India, yeah. where there oh, can wow. be so many experiences. So true. I mean, you know, when it comes to backpacking, I just just takes me back to my college days of I used to love backpacking back in the days, and I still remember uh, one of those very few vlogs on like uh, places like Malana today in today's time, and that was some five years ago, and it wasn't as commercial as how it is today because thanks to technology, today you can book a bus on Red Bus from Delhi to uh, Kasol, uh, uh, Buntar, and you know, I mean, you can get a flight, you can do this, you can do that. Everything is easily accessible. Get an Ola Uber, whatever. Uh, back in the day it wasn't that easier and i'm just saying like half a decade ago if not more than that i remember my first trip to the mountains was in the year 2011-12 and it used to especially in kasol and those kind of areas right parvati valley mcleod ganj and all of that it very less people and a lot more like you know either the local villagers or the international travelers real hardcore backpackers would be there roads tabhi bhi itne ache the nahi almost a decade ago is what i'm talking about and how the whole scene has changed over the period of time thanks to as we were saying technology again has helped everybody travel and uh, travel does as you said when i used to travel a lot because i thought i would learn a lot about the world experience different cultures enjoy the various cuisines meet exciting people bring in all the memories but with all that travels and that memories and the experiences i've realized i've explored a world within myself because now i was a different guy when i was meeting a new person hmm. at a cafe in an unknown uncertain situation and uh, it was it, it kind of helped me push through a lot of my emotional mental boundary of who i thought i was because every time you're introducing what you yeah. do oh this is what i do this is so there is a different perspective you ghar pe aayega mummy bolte hai bhai ye 10 rupaye masala le gaya niche ja ke chal fat fat this reminds me of a quote that uh, we travel not because we are lost but to find ourselves and to find not what you are looking for you don't even know that you are looking for it but you find it when you go through such new experiences harsh take us through with what have you learned with mountaineering like you know climbing mountains what has it taught you what is the core value what has harsh learned from climbing mountains minimalism oh less is more and it it brought that realization that the best things in life are actually free you mm. don't need money to be happy or materialism doesn't necessarily give you happiness so mm. a lot of things which we care a lot about or chase are actually nowhere related to happiness because out there mm. in the outdoors we don't have most of the comforts of here even if you can afford you cannot carry it on your backpack Yeah. Uh, you can only take a limited stuff but even in that you are way happier than mm. you are in any seven star hotel or living any moment any yeah. all other happinesses are very temporary mm. as compared to the fulfillment you get outdoors yeah. so this is one specific thing and rest a lot lot more stuff like leadership skills and everything oh wow tell us something about your leadership experience like leadership skills being put to use because you know everest is all crazy you know tell us tell us through how you can apply certain leadership principles uh in this whole everest experience 
so first of all you don't need to be in a leadership position mm. to gain and to perform like a leader wow somehow i was the leader of my everest expedition team and also one more mountain peaks team mm. so i was the leader of total around 22 people from oh. around the globe me being the youngest there was also a 58 year old climber there are europeans there are americans but i had the opportunity because uh, of the experience or the skills of people's faith and love in me mm. uh, but even otherwise a lot of times uh when, even when you are not the leader you become responsible now i cannot think of exactly one chapter but there have been times when someone someone else climbing from us some other team uh is suffering in a fatal position and i mm. had to rescue them bring mm. them down a lot of such situations mm. uh, and every day you are you are living on the edge so that brings a lot of skills which you can also implement in your everyday life and especially in the corporate world mm. so i i cannot think of an exact story to emphasize on it mm. because there are so many and and so true right i mean i'm completely with you on that to be a leader you don't have to be in a position of leadership mm. uh in in that sense because uh, the true true value of being a leader I, i always say there are three important qualities that are required to be a leader this is sort of a framework that i have built around uh, one is a strong foundation of values ethics and morals because you know that's the basis of it you can only be a leader if your foundation begins with a strong you know like value ethic and moral in that sense uh, the second is is that when you have that sort of a strong foundation it it helps you with having clarity of thoughts mm. you know that all these strong belief systems help you have clear thoughts in how you engage yourself especially when you are in challenging or difficult situations and and the third uh, layer or in, in in terms of finishing the mountain of leadership of what i what i would call it otherwise is the ability to influence people because a strong foundation a strong clarity of thoughts what are you going to do with all this right are you being able to create an impact not just in your lives but in the lives of others that's what makes a leader and you you need to be really good reliable because there everyone's life is dependent on each other yeah. so if you are irresponsible with a technical equipment with the rope mm. you are before and after some mm. climber even if you hate the opposite person you cannot screw up because that person might die because of one of your silly mistakes or carelessness mm. so it brings a sense of responsibility and makes you a leader even when you are none yeah and and wow i mean i i love i love the perspective that you're bringing in it's great i'm sure it's going to add a lot of value to our uh, to our viewers and listeners uh, just want to you know i i want you to kind of just put the whole everest experience in a nutshell and especially take us through those amazing uh, views that you've experienced some of those very fatalistic sort of experience because i remember i remember you telling me you encountered a dead uh body in your whole journey of coming down when you was coming down is it i encountered a few of them but one of them very closely because mm. i slipped and fell on a guy oh and God. i was like oh no i don't want to end up like him although oh i God. ended up upon him <laughs> oh my god it must have been really intense especially when yeah. you're coming down your half yeah. the gas is so, out and uh and, and you know you also have the whole overwhelming joy of having 
scaled the highest peak on planet earth i i was not overwhelmed because i knew it's only half the job done and 90% mm. of the accidents and fatalities happen while coming down mm. so with my experience i i was not like too excited i i knew that reaching the summit doesn't matter uh, mm. reaching home safely is what matters wow and that's that's again what i call as clarity in thoughts uh, you've shared so much about the brilliance of the view and uh and take take us some of that cuz we did that in the previous podcast <laughs> previous episode of the podcast but that's the unreleased one and we believe that we can release this finally <laughs> so just tell us about the whole everest jam bro like from the base camp from your you know uh, camp by camp or like some of the key features that you should lesser known facts about mount everest it's no. like a movie every day in every sense the adventure the views the experiences and the suspense mm. so yeah there are a lot of avalanches all around avalanches uh, a sudden flow of snow coming down a mountain due to various reasons like movement of the glacier temperature mm. wind mm. earthquake it could mm. be anything and there are a lot of dangers especially the khumbu icefall which is a glacier that is a flowing river of ice so oh. there are like icebergs as big as towers in mumbai oh my uh, god thousands of them and you have to cross them you have to cross them so while you are crossing them so they it's are like a frozen river. yeah you yeah and they are moving they are moving so any time a tower can fall you are going from <laughs> the roof of one tower to other on a ladder okay. and let's say one tower falls and there are people who die there are a oh lot of god. people who die especially if there is an avalanche or earthquake or something so fortunately we did not lose anyone out there this year there were some accidents for sure that a uh sirac collapsed on someone and what what is a sirac sirac is a part of the glacier a okay. big oh. tower of ice okay. so it just collapsed because it's Whatever. melting it's yeah. melting with the rising temperature during the day mm. anything can change so yeah that is the most scariest part oh at everest but then another scary part is the dead zone above 8000 meters there is lack of oxygen so you are on borrowed time mm. uh, and you have to be quick with your summit push touch it and come down without sleep without appetite your body your organs are slowly shutting down so mm. that is also really scary how much duration does it take to reach the summit and like from the last camp like what is the duration of of trek in the snow so the total summit push is of around 5 6 days from base camp to base camp uh and from the final camp camp 4 at the south col from the dead zone you start around 6 7 8 9 pm depending on your speed and you reach next day around the sunrise if you are fast or around 10 am and then you come back to camp 4 or all the way to camp 2 and even before that you are sort of continuously climbing since the previous few days so mm. you are sleep deprived exhausted it's it's a different ball game oh my god man so so from the base camp it's it's almost a week to go up and down yes mm mm and uh, what part of the whole journey is the most intense as you said is it like the dead zone like where the oxygen levels are really low yeah i think the summit push from camp 3 to camp 4 and 
from camphor to the summit and back it's like a time bomb uh, even <laughs> when i was at the summit i am like we cannot feel on the top of the world mm. because oh no <laughs> if i i cannot spend more than some time out here and it was so so windy mm. that it is very very difficult in a way so uh, you know i mean you you said that uh, avalanches have become quite more often like the the frequency of avalanches happening in in and around everest has become so higher do you think it's globalization like it has had an yeah. impact on why globalization is a threat to the mountains not just avalanches but the glaciers melting Glacier and melting. a lot of other hazards have increased due to climate change and global warming we we can obviously see that it's a it's a very very big concern everywhere and in mountains 100 times more what do you have to say about those people who say that global warming is just another scam to stop uh, <laughs> western countries from becoming more powerful or i don't know i mean I, be more productive or something like that uh, i think they are smoking something really good <laughs> <laughs> really good or really bad that that's debatable we wouldn't know about that uh but uh, so uh, what do you have to say about the future of uh, future of mountaineering in india especially because today you're an everester and as you were saying that there needs to be more infrastructure built around uh, mountaineering as a adventure sport as a hobby as an activity as a passion driven thing there should be more monetization opportunities for mountaineers and how i mean what do you see is the future how does how is it going to change future of mountaineering as a career i think there should be much more awareness in the industry because it is growing exponentially mm. but not responsibly and sustainably mm. so people need to bring in first is better safety standards mm. and be more considerable about the environment mm. that uh, not exploited to it mm-hmm. in a way like leaving no trace uh, at least uh, living it as it as we found it if not better mm-hmm. so that is one thing and yeah people should read much more be much more professional in outdoors because that is something which really lacks at yeah. least in our country, country. Mm-hmm. like i'm i'm sorry to say but Yeah. No, I think that's that's quite a true thing, and with time, I feel it's going to change, and it's it's changing. Yeah, as I was just changing. saying, a decade ago, the amount of people that I would see up there in the in the Parvati Valley or McLeod Gunge or going down, even to like you know some of the <coughs> uh, gypsy gypsy soul locations, is is as as I would rate it, uh, was way lesser than how much people today we see in and around traveling, and uh, you know I'm I'm a you know call it a fool's uh, hope or a or a believer's optimism i'm a true believer that the coming generations are going to change the scene especially in our country because we are a developing nation the scope of change that we can bring in and the scope of change that is essential uh, is way higher than a developed country like the united states or canada or you know of the likes final few words uh, before we get into the fun segment uh, some message that you want to give out message for everyone go and climb a mountain go and climb a mountain and and just just go for it <laughs> yeah go for it so uh, if somebody wants to climb a mountain where in india like what is what is the ecosystem around it like who can they get in touch with of course travel with harsh <laughs> or great on instagram yeah and uh, is that a thing like just thinking of uh, just a uh, empowerment driven opportunity you can actually put together a bunch of you know yes, opportunities uh, in that it's sense it's sort of my job to 
make people quit their jobs and go climb make them go climb a mountain so yeah just go anywhere every place is worth visiting at least once and in the himalayas of course especially yeah yeah so just go anywhere climb an easy peak 3 4 day trip and you will come as a new human being mm that's so true i mean you know all those adventures that i have in, indulged in also i can say that those have been life changing experiences so all right so this is what we call <laughs> as the fun segment this is the rapid fire round i am ready are you ready yeah harsh is ready and i are you ready let's do this the rapid fire so bro we're going to do this i'm going to ask you like it's a, a this or that sort of a thing uh but before that i'm going to ask you oh we're going to we're going to know it's like a one word sort of an answer some of them are one word answers some of them are this or that so you got to choose between either or or whatever it is so the first one is what is your favorite place ladakh ladakh oh wow i i personally love ladakh i think if you if you want to explore india and if traveled a lot of places in india but haven't touched ladakh it you know it's a different place it's not like i mean of course our sahyadris are a different uh vibe as compared to what's down south or even in the northeast but ladakh is a different world in itself w- one thing you can't travel without mm. bidet bidet what's that a jet spray oh jet spray <laughs> <laughs> uh, i have a portable camping jet spray oh really a makeshift one oh wow i, I thought you were going to say like a gopro or something of that sort no no chal jayega hygiene first hygiene first perfect uh swim with dolphins or shark diving shark diving so uh, okay so tea or coffee coconut water coconut water heyo okay bungee jumping or scuba diving scuba diving the most dialed person in your contact list i call a new person every day so nobody all right uh, city or countryside countryside uh strict schedule or go with the flow what sort of a person are you strict schedule strict schedule huh? oh yeah man for sure uh you're ne- i'm more like go with the flow sort of a guy so your next mountain destination manasalu manasalu yeah the eighth highest mountain on earth oh wow summer or winter 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 i'm also a winter sort of a guy your favorite book bhagavad gita Ooh, deep man. No wonder where we see all this uh, intense conversations <laughs> coming in from. Uh, your favorite movie? Godfather. Oh, hmm. All right. Beer or wine? Beer. I know, I know. Beer. <laughs> We've chilled on beer quite a long time. Uh, favorite Mumbai free, uh, street food? Vada Pav. The longest journey you've had so far? Seven months in the Himalayas, two three years ago, backpacking across states in India and Nepal. Hmm. Fantastic. Uh, your dream travel experience south georgia oh south georgia yeah it's near antarctica the most beautiful place on earth literally oh really south georgia oh my god uh, and it's, it's i'm snow covered i'm sure yeah mm. are you a person who would love to see a lot of places or deeply be immersed in one place and and be that like what sort of a- at this age a lot of places but eventually niche mm. slow down this is what happens when you read bhagavad gita deep answers for everyone everything uh would you call yourself a traveler or a tourist traveler traveler for sure man traveler for life uh what is that one amazing thing that you like about coach cleans <laughs> the energy yeah the energy the positivity full power 24 hour full power 24 hour you want to say some good things about me the cameras are rolling we'd be more than happy to have it <laughs> uh no good things <laughs> <laughs> yeah abhi matlab kahan shuru kare 
it's a fanboy moment for me chaa <laughs> what rubbish man i mean i think it's great to see what you have accomplished to be honest and amidst all of those craziness that you've done like with covid and scale <laughs> you know hit the summit and come back it's a story for the book man for sure like it's it's one yes. thing that you know i'm proud to say that i know uh, hashtag at the rate travel with harsh <laughs> so and the book is coming out in the next few months so looking forward to it yeah man 100% we are also looking forward what is the book going to be titled sangarsh sangarsh mm, fantastic fantastic all right so that was it with that uh, how was the experience doing the engage and inspire podcast it's always fun so i will do a few more episodes later, later and we'll see where we are 1 2 3 years from now and much more 5 years from now fantastic 8th of september 2021 we did the first actually the second episode together uh, but the first that's going to be hopefully released but we're going to come back a few years later and update on what's happening in our life and until then uh, you guys keep smiling keep spreading smiles and stay happy thanks my bro really appreciate for you to make this happen and as we said it's my vision to make this world a sustainably happier place and with people like you coming over we can build in that conversation bring in awareness about a lot of things with global warming mountaineering sustainability sustainability and uh, hey just uh, take us through some of that you know just wanted to also you support our ngo and we want to make project sure that Chirag. yeah so you want to share a little bit about more about project chirag would be more than happy i'll i'll tell you about a chapter which i experienced recently on one of the villages which i visited mm-hmm. mokhada uh, it's in jawar district mm-hmm. like hardly 3 hours away from mumbai mm-hmm. and it was surprising that they don't have access to electricity and they don't have drinking water Oh so you won't imagine in maharashtra at least in our region that there is lack of water there is lack of drinking water so mm. they have some sources of water few kilometers away in the hilly region so people have to hike 4 hours every day to fill two pots of water two pots of drinking water and then oh when non profits like these intervene they sustainably holistically improve the lives how mm. they i went there to distribute some solar lights and i thought what would this small bulb make a difference but i saw that those guys don't even have those torches because they don't have electricity and then they lose 12 hours of their life every day forget mm. healthcare and education mm. and when yeah and when so uh, imagine the impact now then i realized on my second visit that there are girls who have to quit school which is anyways 20 kilometers away so that they can go to fill water so oh with God. solar this ngo installed a water lifter a pump in the nearby lake or river mm-hmm. in different villages mm-hmm. which brings water to the village mm-hmm. so they get accessibility to drinking water wow. plus they get irrigation so they can cultivate 2 3 crops a year instead of just one crop a year so they get employment it stops migration and many other issues which our farmers are facing these mm-hmm. days and you can imagine like first uh, income then education then healthcare mm-hmm. and it might take decades for on grid electricity to come there but with solar just in one day their lives are changed so the moment when you give them that light and the first time some of those children are experiencing light 
it's like a swadesh moment in real oh so God. that is magical and i think everyone should volunteer for non profits like these there are hundreds of them i really like project chirag and i am a youth ambassador for them uh, and you will get to learn so much more and you will also value your own life and privileges a much, much more when you see uh, like the difference in many parts of the world it's great man i'm i'm glad that you know you're using your voice to uh, to to empower to uplift like you know people in in its real core sense helping them at least even find their basic necessities and eventually also uh, routing it to a way that can help them uh, find like better economic financial opportunities in that sense and and so and that also giving them reasons now they don't have to bunk their school classes mm. school lectures and all this while trying to save the environment while promoting sustainability fighting climate change wow what a cause project chirag youth ambassador travel with harsh at the rate uh, harshwardhan joshi a good homie but i'm proud of you man it's it's great to see what you're doing where do you see yourself 5 years from somewhere in a developed nation inspiring people out there to go to the himalayas mm. promoting sustainability creating much more impact and climbing more mountains mm. all the best with all the adventures uh, and we really hope that 5 years later when we catch up again we're going to run through this clip and then the conversation will begin <laughs> and i'm super excited for the coming uh, years and i i truly believe that the impact that you will be able to bring in in the lives of not just in your life but in the lives of others in the way you inspire them to go out of their comfort zone to beat all the everyday challenges and help them climb their everyday uh, uh, everests in that sense uh, through your very stocks through the content that you share and more importantly the fact that how uh, you also are are contributing with project chirag and things that you do more power to you man may you always have everything you deserve and desire in life thank you and with that we come to the end of another action packed episode of the engage and inspire podcast uh harsh here with us shared so much of wisdom and great stories and experiences of his everest trip and how he's bringing about a huge impact in people's lives and also being an eco warrior building up so much more and to know more they can find you at the rate travel with harsh your youtube channel is that the youtube channel travel with yeah, harsh yeah just google me harshwardhan joshi ah, <laughs> that is just the, making that it is easier outro. for them like that is the outro it's not bragging but yeah it's easy it's easy yes just google harshwardhan joshi and uh, you will find all my channels you will find all his stuff in the meanwhile you guys keep smiling keep spreading smiles and stay happy i'm going to see you in the next video bye